What's up, sports fans, and welcome to an all-new episode of Football Fanatics here on Final Timeout Sports Podcast. I am your host, Forrest Crowley, joined, as always, by my co-host, Fernando Doctors. Here on this 15th episode of Football Fanatics, we're going to be breaking down our biggest takeaways from Week 2, and then looking ahead to Week 3, some must-win games. So starting off in the AFC, Nando, let me hear a couple must-win games for this week. For me, Forbes, it's got to be the Denver Broncos. They are set up for a primetime match against, you know, the 49ers. And, oh my goodness, I don't know where to begin with the squad. I mean, we got last last week settling for a 64-yarder with timeouts. You know, they could, you know, utilize. And, you know, apart from, you know, going out and paying Russell Wilson $49 million a year to be nothing shy of mediocre, um, to now, this past week, no timeouts left with seven and a half left in the game. And you're neck and neck with the freaking Houston Texans. So these guys are going to have their hands full. Um, I really don't know what to say. I don't know how much of this we can, you know, put on Nathaniel Hackett versus Russell Wilson. I think that both of them, they are, they, they need to, they need to improve to the standard here. Um, Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there's poor leadership on Russell Wilson's part. I mean, they just look disheveled, to be honest. Um, I really hope that Jerry Judy comes back because, you know, the 49ers have a bit of a tenacious secondary, and Corlin's son has definitely proven to hold his own, but just him, I don't know. I mean, they haven't really established a solid run game with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, so there are a lot of question marks heading into this Sunday night game. And for me, you know, Forbes, I put them as a, a shock to come out on top. The, uh, what's the AFC West. Um, with this loss, though, even with an easy schedule, I just, there's, there's no chance they win the division. Um, and, you know, they have not apart from the Chiefs who look resilient and as good as they've been the past three years uh the chargers you know the chargers nearly beat the chiefs last week you know that pick six really did it for them um and solidified the win in kansas city but never you can't you can't sleep on that squad and justin herbert who's out here slinging touchdowns with fractured ribs you know to keep his team in the ball game um so uh, it's got to be the Denver Broncos. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, we have a, we, there are a lot of must-win games. Looking at this, uh, looking at the schedule here, who do you have as the team that has the most pressure to win in Week Three? Well, I mean, first, just to touch on uh, on the Denver Broncos, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I think, especially in that division, the AFC West, with both the Chargers and the Chiefs, that could run away with that division very quickly. Uh, they really cannot afford to lose this game. And, you know, it's you're right. The the 49ers' defense is insane. It's primetime Sunday night game. Um, and, you know, now you have Jimmy G over um, Trey Lance, um, which, you know, obviously hope for a speedy recovery for Trey Lance. But I think that the 49ers got better when they put Jimmy G back in there. I mean, he knows the offense better. He doesn't have as much of, you know, the developmental issues or, or um, you know, way to go. But, um, yeah, this is a must win for the Broncos. Um, 
I'm going to stay in that AFC West division uh, and say that, you know, the the Raiders against the, the Tennessee Titans is, is going to be um, a big game. Um, the Raiders really cannot afford to go 0-3. Um, you know, I didn't have the Raiders doing all that well in this division, um, but, you know, you can't deny that um, the Derek Carr, Devontae Adams combination, along with um, Hunter Renfro, uh, is really, really special. And, you know, that defense that's, um, you know, Chandler Jones is going to pick it back up. He's going to start producing like they paid him to. So I do think that the Raiders are in a must-win situation in that really tough AFC West division. Um, they are going up against, you know, a, a timid and struggling 0-2 Titans as well. Um, so I do think that they're, you know, they're, they have a chance to run away with that one. Um, but, you know, another one I would say isn't necessarily a, a must win. Rather, you know, if, if they don't win, it kind of makes the, the climb back a lot harder. Um, the AFC East looks a lot more, I, I think, competitive uh, than I think a lot of people thought it would. Um, I mean, you have the Buffalo Bills that look like the, you know, maybe the most complete team. Um, I've seen in, you know, past five or 10 years. I mean, they are special on every facet of the ball. Um, and then you have the Miami Dolphins that just went out in an absolute shootout and beat the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you have, you know, the Pats who one and one lost the Dolphins, um, but beat a Pittsburgh Steelers coming off of a win over uh, the Bengals. So, and then, you know, the Jets are the Jets. They while they orchestrated that that comeback last week, that you know, there's not a whole lot special come from this season for them. But you know, that's if the the Pats drop to one and two um, in this week, you know, they're at least in third place in the division because the Dolphins and the Bills play each other. So one of those teams is going to come out three zero. The other is going to be two and one. You know, unless there's a tie. Um, but you know, so. Starting third in the division um, this early in the season with, with you know, you haven't even played the Bills yet. I uh, still got to play them twice and the Dolphins again. Um, it would just make this a, a pretty tough uphill climb for the Pats um, when, you know, their offense doesn't look amazing. It looked better um, this past week, but I think we can both agree that it didn't look great. So um, we're going to have to, you know, I think – Big game against Baltimore. Baltimore showed that um, their offense did not deserve a lot of that criticism in this offseason. Lamar went off. Um, but, you know, that defense, the Dolphins' defense is, uh, was struggled, obviously, but the Ravens' defense ultimately did as well. So the Pats are going to have to, you know, utilize the few offensive chances that they're able to get because, you know, we haven't been as productive of late, uh, of late meaning post Tom Brady, but, uh, you know, it, it, they're going to, and the defense is going to have to continue to, to be stingy. Um, you know, Belichick is, is really smart, obviously defensively, but Lamar's Lamar. So, um, that's going to be an exciting game. I can't believe that's a one o'clock game that that feels like it should be a primetime game, but yeah, Forbes, I mean, speaking of a game that should be a primetime game, Buffalo at Miami, you know, are, are you buying the hype? I mean, 
For me, it was really, you know, too impressed, but, you know, there was definitely some blown coverage late. Uh, the Ravens kind of, you know, put their guard down in the fourth quarter, and Tua, yes, utilized his two incredible wide receivers in Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, but, like, are you drinking the Kool-Aid here? Because for me personally, I just can't see the Dolphins hanging around in this game. I mean, I know they're home, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't fully buy it just yet, you know, um... Last week, yeah, like you mentioned, um, kind of caught the, the Ravens by surprise in the fourth quarter. Um, but can't forget the fact that uh, I believe the um, Ravens have been out there, been without their starting cornerbacks for last game. Um, and so, yeah, you're obviously going to struggle against a team with Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddell. Um, you know, that was definitely impressive. Um, I would say more impressive for their offense than Tua. Like you said, anyone can find a, a wide open Tyree kill when he's got 10 yards of space. Um, but I was definitely impressed. I, I do think if they have a good showing against the Bills this week, um, I'll start buying it because, I mean, I know the Bills are for real. Um, and so I, I'm getting there, but I'm not yet convinced that um, the Dolphins can be that team. Um, but... It's going to be a fun one. I'm definitely going to be trying to watch every single moment of Red Zone uh, on that one. Um, but bring this over to the NFC. Give me a couple uh, a couple games you think here that uh, are really must win for, for these teams. I think Forbes were definitely both in agreement with the first, which has to be the Monday night game. Yeah. Um, Dallas Cowboys at MetLife in the Meadowlands. A lot of a lot of crazy predictions I've already heard. Um, I already sat listening uh, to an ESPN segment, I believe, on like first take where everybody said the Giants are going to win, basically, um, which is interesting. Um, could we really believe in the Big Blue pushing forward? This much I will say though about the Giants currently, there's uh, what is it? I think they outscore opponents thirty-four to seventeen in the second half. Um, demonstrating, obviously, Coach Brian Dable's uh, ability to make in-game adjustments, um, which I think he definitely can be given more credit to, expecting that his counterpart is Mike McCarthy, who debatably is one of the worst coaches uh, in that specific category. Um, And I got to say, their defense, as in the Giants' defense, has definitely shown up this far. Um, Their blitz package has been... You know, better than it's been in, in recent years, to say the least. But, but Forbes, I will say this yet again. Um, da- Daniel Jones is, like, unbelievably brutal. Like, he really is holding this team back. And, yeah, there's hype. They're 2-0. and They're playing against a Cooper Rush-led uh, Cowboys team that still kind of, you know, figure things out. But let me tell you, their defense is looking sharp. Uh, Micah Parsons is holding the team on his back, if you will. He's playing as good as some of the best in this league um, from an individual perspective, and I think the Dallas Cowboys defense has done well. That being said, they're also adding Michael Gallup, which I think will be a huge addition. Um, granted that I feel like C.D. Lamb, um, although he has you know pretty evident talent, um, I think he's kind of struggled to mold into that uh, wide receiver one um, status. Uh, granted that there haven't been, you know, that many um, 
Cooper Rush doesn't have that many tools. You know, he's been missing Michael Gallup. Dalton Schultz just went down. Hopefully he can play in this game. Uh, but I guess his status is up in the air. Um, I don't think either team is catching the Eagles. But I think that the Cowboys have a tremendous amount of pressure to win this game. Because otherwise they're staring at a 1-3, uh, sorry, 1-2 record versus the 3-0 and New York Giants, which would be something. Um, I mean, I know... I know we definitely spoke about this earlier this week, but are you sticking with the pressure on on the Cowboys to win this one? Yeah, I, I definitely think that the the pressure's on. I'd say the Cowboys' offense. Um, you know, Cowboys' defense, like you said, has been playing incredible. Micah Parsons is an incredible, incredible player. Um, I mean, just his you know smarts and reads, and then obviously his pure athletic ability. Is yeah, insane combination. Um, you know, says he's dealing with an ankle issue, but says it's not a factor. Um, you know, CD Lamb has also been injured um, and has not really, you know, gotten to playing to what's been expected as him as a true wide receiver one. Um, you know, but obviously you have to take into account that um, we got Cooper Rush back there, and so it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, I. Don't believe the Giants hype either. Um, you know, I think uh, Daniel Jones has been sacked like eight times. Um, and Parsons already has four sacks by himself. Um, so uh, New York's really going to need to establish their run game um, effectively like they have in the last, um, you know, two games. Um, averaged uh, a little over 120 yards per game on the ground um, with Dallas's letting up almost 120. So, um, you know, definitely going to have to lean on Saquon, who's been having a pretty impressive resurgence. Um, but, you know, I don't think that uh, that offense is going to be enough. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones is a liability back there, especially when he's got a rush from, yeah, Michael Parsons, Leighton Vander Esch. Um, and so I think that he's he's going to get flustered. He's going to turn the ball over like we've seen. Um, and the, the Cowboys will come away with this win, but, um, it's still, yeah, I agree that no team is going to catch up with the Eagles, especially the, the Cowboys that are without Dak for probably another, you know, five, six games. So, um, definitely, you know, a must win for the Cowboys. I, I think they're in a good position to, um, but you know, it, it, it'll be a fun one. Um, that being said, I, I didn't even highlight the fact that I think that it's time that we, or sorry, the Cowboys rather, just rely on Tony Pollard. I mean, he just looks so much more explosive and honestly productive, um, you know, in relation to his counterpart, Ezekiel Elliott, who really, it looks like it really is, is taking too much to get him going. And I think that unfortunately the best days of uh, Ezekiel Elliott we've seen um, years ago. Yeah, I think he's he definitely hasn't been eating as of late. Um, so, you know, <laughs> he's... Uh, uh, I agree. I think Tony Pollard has added uh, a level of, you know, versatility to that backfield that was expected from Zeke but hasn't been seen in a couple years. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I think... Mike McCarthy should make that move. I think that he he probably doesn't even have the ability to. Like, I think that, you know, 
that's something that like Jerry Jones wouldn't even allow him to do. I think that, you know, Jerry Jones has that much control and that little faith uh, in Mike McCarthy that like, yeah, <laughs> Mike McCarthy doesn't even have the authority to do that. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, I do think, yeah, his usage definitely needs to increase. Um, but, you know, it's going to be fun. Um, not a whole lot of, I'd say, must-win games for you know, other teams uh, around the league. You know, NFC West, every team one-on-one. Um, that's going to be interesting. You know, uh, like we mentioned before, um, Niners really need a, really need a win. A win with Jimmy back, uh, I think, would be uh, definitely a boost for them. But, um, you know, Cardinals, Cardinals-Rams is also going to be a big one. Um, first meeting of the season, uh, this one without DeAndre Hopkins for the Cardinals, uh, an offense that really, you know, they've done well, but they, they've struggled to really have cohesiveness and just like a, a rhythm on offense. Um, you know, obviously big OT win um, against the Raiders uh, this past week. And if they, ha- if they hadn't gotten that one, then yeah, they'd be, um, this would definitely be a must win for them. But um you know, what what do you think, especially about uh, that division? I mean, that one's really neck and neck there. That's an interesting one. I mean, they really lucked out um, at the end of that game. The Raiders folded, to say the very least, yeah. uh, which resulted in a much-needed win for the Cardinals. Um, to be honest, I think that the Rams are going to find their group. Because Forbes, let's not forget... The Rams were pretty neck and neck with the Falcons last week, and which really added to yes, although their first win, um, you know, a, con- a continuation of the struggles that we've seen. You know, Matt Stafford leads the league in picks. Like, can he can he stop throwing ball to the other <laughs> team? Like, this offense is not looking as good as it as it did last year. Um, and if it, it's like if it's not going to Cooper Cup, like, what are we doing with football? Like. Are we, you know, getting Allen Robinson more involved? He did see, you know, enough taking catches and productivity last week, but it wasn't anything crazy. Um, And that being said, I mean, we really don't know. There are a lot of questions with the run game. Yeah. Uh, And you know what? Kyler Murray, like, he's starting to to realize, like, look, the game is coming down to me, and the Rams' defense isn't as isn't as crazy as it was last year. Obviously, they don't have Vaughn Miller. Um, but it is going to be a massive game, and I think that it'll be a game that the Rams take advantage of. I don't really rate the Cardinals, especially without DeAndre Hopkins, um, because let's be honest, Forbes, if we're looking at the first six quarters of the Cardinals' season, how many points did they put up? Like, it was absolutely shocking. Like, if, if it wasn't for the late third quarter, fourth quarter, and obviously, you know, that great play to end the game in OT, like, the Cardinals are one and two, and everybody's asking questions about why the hell did we pay Kyler Murray all this money? And you know what? He lucked, he, he kind of, you know, found a way to win that game, but, I mean, the test is going to be against the Rams, you know? Um, that being said, I do wanna I do wanna point to this one game Forbes, the Vikings against the Lions. You know, a lot of people had were super opti- 
Mitford are uh, super optimistic about the, you know, I would say both teams, but specifically the Vikings, and they had that incredibly um, demoralizing <laughs> loss to the Eagles um, last Monday night. So, you know, Lions coming off a, a pretty big win. Lions offense proving that they can put points on the board. Had they been truly battle-tested, I, I would get, I would say no, but I don't see the Vikings defense really putting a halt to what is a top five scoring offense and top three rushing offense. So, I mean, floor is yours, Forbes. How do you see this team shaking up? And do you think, obviously, Kirk Cousins and, and Co. could, could out, out-duel these uh, Jared Goff-led Lions? Yeah, um, that's definitely going to be a fun one. I've been, I guess, higher than maybe most on the Lions, not to say that they're going to win their division or anything, but that they will improve. Um, You know, the Vikings, it's good that, you know, Kirk Cousins is a playing primetime because he is god-awful whenever it comes to primetime games. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I do think, yeah, the Lions – Last week they did get a dub, but it was against the Commanders. Um, you know, week before they did scare the Eagles. You know, they started to put some points up on that defense. So yeah, dude, that offense is surprisingly dangerous. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift is you know already at 200 yards and touchdown um, through you know through two games. Um, and yeah, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is. You know, coming into his own at this point as a second-year receiver. I mean, that offense has a chance to take some steps. Um, you know, their first-round pick, Hutchinson, what do you have, three, four sacks last game? Like, you know, they they have a chance. Dan Campbell doing a great job out there. Um, I do think that the Vikings probably are still going to win this one. Um, I mean, it's Justin Jefferson um, and Adam Thielen and, and Dalvin Cook, so... I think that's going to overwhelm a, a Lions team that still has some some strides to make, but um, I think it'll be closer than people think. You know, Minnesota is, is minus six, um, but I think Dan Campbell's not going to not going to lay down and take it from anybody. So he's going to make it a competitive game. So I think that one could be closer than the minus six there. Um, but you know, it's it's going to be an exciting one. I give me give me a couple of your biggest takeaways. Uh, from last week? Oof. Um, so one of my biggest takeaways has got to be, I'm going to go to the Bengals here. Um, and what's been a very lackluster start from them. But I think that the record doesn't really tell the proper tale of what's going on. And yeah. hopefully they can, you know, adapt and and figure their struggles out but looking at joe burrow and specifically that offensive line first off right this was an issue last year going into the off season joe burrow was release was as fast as it could possibly be low two seconds we're talking i think one of the fastest in like super bowl history i could be capping (laughs) anyways he did or sorry, the Bengals did a pretty good job, you know, addressing such issues. You know, they added Ted Karras, Collins, Kappa, um, 
you know, they, they definitely added reinforcements. Yet, here we are, week three, Joe Burrow has five turnovers. Could we, you know, associate all of those with pressure? No, maybe some. Maybe some were bad decisions. That's, that's up for argument. However, 13 sacks, they're two games, Forbes. That means you're, that means you're getting sacked over 100 times in the season if such numbers continue. And that is just not sustainable. Getting hit by a massive lineman or linebacker or effort of some DB even running at you 10 yards, like that hurts, man. And you can't keep taking that, uh, especially for the franchise quarterback. So that issue absolutely needs to be um, addressed coming into week three. This guy has got to be protected, whether that's like establishing more of a run game or, I mean, even trying to like incorporate more screens, you know, getting Jamar Chase, T. Higgins on the ball. Um, Like something's got to happen. Something's got to click where this guy is getting comfortable releasing the ball quick, kind of like we saw with like Jalen Hurts, you know, quick release. And then that gives you time now to like, you know, step back and then go for the deep one, which they haven't done at all. Jamar Chase in 120 routes hasn't been targeted deep once, which is insane. Granted, A, they're insane chemistry, and B, all they were doing last year, tormenting defenses. Granted, Jamar Chase had an excellent week one. Week two was pretty quiet, um, as lo- along with the rest of the squad as they lost to a pretty, you know, tenacious Cowboy Cowboys team with, you know, or not team, defense, right? Yeah. But they did lose to the team. Um, so that's got to be one of my biggest takeaways. It's how are Joe Burrow, their own line, and the team going to show, okay, you know what? Like, our guy's been getting hit. His release is seventh quickest in the league right now. What are we going to do about it, though? Yeah, Joe Burrow, that might mean that you even have to release it even faster. But also, come on, like, can we figure this out? Can we have more protection? so that our guy doesn't get injured within five games because these numbers are absolutely absurd. Um, and we all know that this Bengals team, let alone even thinking about making it back to the Super Bowl, the playoffs even, they have no future even getting to the playoffs without Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, definitely echo those points. I mean, yeah, 13 times Joe Burrow's been sacked. Um, compared to, I believe, nine times for the entire rest of the AFC North. That's like, like you said, these, those numbers are not sustainable. Um, I mean, he's, a, he's someone who's already had um, a significant ACL, uh, MCL meniscus. Like, you know, that, that reconstruction was bad. You know, it took a while. He can't afford to, to get hit like this. Like you said, they've seemingly... Uh, addressed it in the offseason with a bunch of signings. I think a couple drafts, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 13 sacks through two games is pretty alarming. Um, you know, hopefully they get, um, you know, a, a tomato can opponent in the New York Jets that they can just beat up on. Um, but, they, you know, Jets bring some pressure, too. Um, Coach Salah, I think he's a great defensive mind. You know, he brings the pressure like he did um against the Browns so I think that they they can't take this game lightly and this is a hundred percent you know a a must-win game for them um you know and I didn't even uh didn't even cross my mind to to mention the fact that uh 
we got Buccaneers Packers this week um, in a game where uh, Brady now has is thrown to no one, just like Rogers. So, um, what are your what are your thoughts on that? I know you have uh, specific thoughts about about Mike Evans, but what overall <laughs> thoughts on the game? Well, so for starters, I think that Tom Brady might be one of the only guys in the league who can look at the, at the Packers receiving core and be like, "Damn, I'm kind of jealous." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in this moment in time. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But hopefully they do get Julio Jones. They obviously signed Cole Beasley. I don't know what to make of that. Um, I'm also, I, I guess I don't even fully know Cole Beasley. Is he, why is he not in the league? Is it a vaccination thing or is it? Yeah, he, I mean, he got released from the Bills after last season, even though he had, a, um, a, I think, one of his best seasons. Uh, and he was also waiting it out because he wanted, he didn't want to sign for the veterans minimum. He, did, he wanted, you know, the best deal he could get. I don't think that's what he got from Tampa. Uh, I think it got to the point where he was like, damn, I guess no one's really calling about me. So he took uh, he took what he could get. Yeah, I mean, you know Cole Beasley, um, and this is not another white receiver joke, but I mean, like, he, he, he his game is, you know, similar to that of Edelman, you know? So I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, obviously, like you said, he's a veteran. Um, how quickly he could, you know... He gets, you know, up to date uh, with the play calls and all that. Uh, I guess time will tell. But this is going to be an interesting game that, I mean, maybe for one of the first times in history, we could expect, you know, two of the greatest um, quarterbacks in Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers dueling it out in a low-scoring game. Um, we know what the Bucks defense can do. Um I would debate that it's between them and the Bills. It's between them and the Bills. I, I don't know a better defense in this game right now. Um, and the Packers, though, have been exploited. The Packers defense that came into this league, at, or sorry, came into this year, sorry, as a top 10 defense has, has been lacking, to say the least. But the biggest question is, you know, are Tom Brady and, and co. going to just – I guess they're going to have to, you know, do as they've done in New England, you know, ride the run game. And this might be an ugly one, Forbes. It, it might be, you know, the, one of the more boring Rodgers-Brady duels we've seen. But I'm expecting, you know, Leonard Fournette to, to pick up where he left off in week one um, and, and get so many touches. Um, but you know what, Forbes, I'm going to – just because based on what I've seen with the Packers, I, I can't put – I can't put my faith in the Packers in this one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay with the Bucks here. Um, Brady will figure it out. Hopefully, he's got Julio. He's got his deep threat, Scotty Miller. Um, I'm not gonna lie; I don't really recognize the rest of the names who are <laughs> available, so I'm not gonna list them out. Um, but you know what? He's he's made do with with you know with with without weapons. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, definitely going to be an exciting one. Um, yeah, I think you're definitely right that um, Brady's going to have to ride the run game, um, and both teams are probably going to have to ride their defenses a little bit. Um, I think it's significant the fact that it's a 425 game uh, in Tampa. I think it's going to be a hot game, um, and I think that could weigh on you know the Packers more than it uh, weighs on any on any of the Bucks guys. Um, you know, it's supposed to be. 89 degrees. Um, I don't know what the real feel is going to be, but that could get hot. So 
Um, yeah, I think it could end up being just a, a slugfest. Um, a lot of Leonard Fournette, um, a lot of Aaron Jones, a lot of A.J. Dillon. Um, but definitely a game that I'll be watching. Um, I do think, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bucks as well. Um, it, the, the line is Tampa minus one, so that's essentially just Tampa to win the game. So I think that's a pretty good, uh, a pretty good um, pick right there. Um, you know, lastly, want to give me one game you think the odds are, are, are just a good call, one player uh, to score a touchdown that you think is a, is a pretty good call, and then uh, one prop bet that, that you're liking? Ooh, okay, Forbes. So, <clears throat> well, for starters, I don't know. I got, I got a couple. I, I definitely like the Bengals over the Jets. Um, it is a decent line, but I do see the Bengals uh, regrouping this week. And if not, um, I will be very worried for the Bengals fans around around the country. Um, but another line that I do like, apart from the Bucks one that we just mentioned, because I think that one's very much a toss-up, mm-hmm. is the Saints-Panthers. I... I'm gonna ride the Saints here. I just don't. I don't have faith in the Panthers, man. I, I really don't. Falling to the Giants, you know, the Saints are a team that could definitely get you. Um, their defense is super stingy, and their offense can be quite good. You know, with Kamara, with Michael Thomas, um, Olave. Show he's he's definitely showed his potential. But he does need to click with um, with uh, Jameis a bit on those on those deep routes a bit more. Um, he was targeted a ton and did not go to anything. Uh, now moving on to the touchdown, I think Joe Mixon minus one hundred forty minus one forty five anytime touchdown has to be a lock. They got a yet yeah, sticking with the Bengals uh, Jets game, I suppose. <laughs> um, Minus one forty-five for this guy to have his first touchdown of the season, week three. I'm expecting an uptick um, in overall touches. I think that they're gonna they're gonna lean on the run early, break the jet, uh, wear the Jets down a bit, and then you know, and then hit them with their with their you know wide receiver trio in uh, Higgins, Chase, and Boyd, who can definitely do damage. On top of Hayden Hurst, who's who's proven his worth in tight end position. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moving on, Forbes, this is a bit of a fun one, a little fun prop. Um, Najee Harris tonight, minus 150, um, over 13 and a half rushing attempts. Like, Forbes, in what game, in what world, are the Steelers going to beat the Browns if Najee Harris is rushing the ball 13 times or less? Yeah, no, I mean, he's – it's, I think, ridiculous to think that in that offense with Mitch Trubisky, they are not going to be leaning on um, on Najee Harris. Uh, so I, I, I like that bet. Um, you know, I think Joe Mixon and, and co. Is, are probably good, uh, good guys to ride on playing the Jets this week. Um, you know, my game, uh, I, w- I went with – Raiders Titans. I mentioned this as as a must win for the Raiders. Um, earlier, you know, both zero and two teams. Um, but you know, you look at the Titans, minus thirty five point differential. Um, just have not been able to get it going offensively, and their defense hasn't been 
as stout as it used to be um, or as they expected. Other side of it, Raiders, I mean, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, as long as Hunter Renfro cannot fumble the ball, um, which he, you know, did twice in three plays, which was mind-boggling. I will say, was that Isaiah Murray, um, no, Isaiah Simmons, one of the, that looks like one of the hardest clean hits I've ever seen. Um, yeah, no, you can't hold on to the ball with that. Yeah, that was, that was nuts. Um, but, you know, yeah, I see the Raiders, you know, yeah, must-win game. It is in Nashville, um, so it's an away game for them. But the line is minus two, so, you know, similar to, to the Bucks, uh packers game, it's kind of just, you know, almost Raiders to win the game. Um, you know, player bet, I went with uh, Damian Pierce, Texans running back. Uh, plus 175 for a touchdown anytime. Um, Bears have the worst rush defense in the NFL, uh, allowing 189.5 yards uh, per game. I see this as being you know pretty good time for Pierce to have his first uh, touchdown in his career. Um, you know, uh, Bears are also allowing 5.1 um, yards per carry. Texans have said that they want to get Pierce more uh, involved in the offense and getting more touches. So. I see this being um, a bit of a breakout game for him, not just because he's on my team. Um, but then my, my prop bet, I went with one that I think is probably pretty, uh, pretty easy. Josh Allen, you know, his passing yards over under 275, or no, sorry, 278, um, taking the over at minus 115. He's thrown for 317 and 297 in the first games, uh, respectively. Last week, Lamar destroyed the Dolphins' secondary. Um, and, you know, we know that this Bills offense is a lot more dangerous um, than, you know, the the Ravens. So I think that, yeah, Josh Allen and they're going to blow the roof off uh, the Dolphins in what could be, um, what could be, you know, a very high-scoring game. Or, you know, if it turns out that Tua and, and Co. aren't for real, then could end up being another lopsided dub for uh, um, for Josh Allen and the Bills. But, you know, a bunch of uh, fun takes and, um, you know, we'll especially see that Najee, uh, Najee take tonight and uh, we'll see you next week.